Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Hey, what's up? My name is Rochelle Lucero, and you are listening to the Clumsy Theosis podcast. Welcome. We are in the middle of our virtue series, and today, drum roll please, we're talking about temperance. According to the Catechism, paragraph 1809, we learn that temperance moderates our attraction to pleasures and it provides balance in the use of created goods. And I love this because notice it said nothing about shunning the pleasures or renouncing created goods. Um, Pleasures would be things like food, drink, leisure, entertainment, sexuality, And created goods would be anything that, you know, is man-made, anything that we create, anything that's manufactured, stuff, right? (laughs) Stuff, it's not saying that we need to renounce stuff, right? Because the pleasures in life, they're good, and so are created goods. What the church holds is that temperance empowers us to be moderate and to be balanced in the use of these created things and the pleasures. And I like to think of temperance as the Goldilocks of the virtues, because if you remember in the story or the fairy tale, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, how does Goldilocks like everything? She likes everything just right. You know, her soup, she doesn't want it too hot or too cold. She wants it just right. Her bed, she doesn't want it too hard or too soft. She wants it just right. You know, she wants it moderate and balanced, right? And that's what temperance does. So when it comes to the pleasures, you know, of food and drink, sexuality, entertainment, and our leisure time, all of these things are good, right? And we see this in scripture. Jesus's first miracle, he turned water into wine, right? So like, you know, the consumption of alcohol, it's not a bad thing. Um, He multiplied loaves and fishes, right? He wants people to eat. You know, it's not a bad thing. Also in scripture, there are frequent metaphors and parables that center on the marriage banquet or just a banquet in general, right? And what happens at these banquets and these feasts? There's the pleasures are in full swing, you know, because we're eating and we're drinking and we're being entertained and we're having leisure time, like all these things, right? And there's so many created goods that go into to said feast or said banquet, right? God is all about eating and drinking and being merry and being fruitful and multiplying, you know, like our sexuality is good as well, as long as we use them with temperance, okay? Because the temperate man or the temperate woman is able to do two things. And they are able to use, to, to direct, not to use their appetite, to direct their appetite for pleasure towards eternal life and to direct their appetite for pleasure towards doing the good. Okay, so having these appetites for the pleasures and for created goods, it's, it's normal, right? It's part of who we are and it's good, but we are not supposed to try to fill our appetite with the pleasures or with created goods because we're supposed to use that drive of that appetite towards our eternal life and towards doing the good, right? And towards doing the good, that's going to be the good for us and good for our neighbors. It's a very common misconception that 
God wants us to be temperate because he just doesn't want us to have too much fun. You know, he's like this big party pooper and he's like, okay, yeah, you can have just a little bit, but okay, that's too much fun. We can't be having all that, right? And when I hear that, I think of like Adam and Eve because they thought God was holding out on them, right? And that's what people, when they put their nose up at temperance, you know, that's kind of the way they're looking at God. Like, oh, God is holding out on me. He, he doesn't want me to have this thing that is good. Okay. That is not true <laughs> at all. When God calls us to practice temperance, he's saying to us, instead of navel gazing, you know, staring down at your own belly button and being completely self-absorbed and trying to decide for yourself what's going to make you happy, instead of doing that, look upwards towards me and look outwards towards your neighbor, right? And actually, that's pride. You know, when we are trying to decide for ourselves what's going to make us happy, right? When we're trying to just consume the pleasures and consume created goods um, because we think it's going to make us happy, we have decided, oh, this is what I need. You know, I'm going to get it. That's pride. And pride is actually the enemy of temperance. Nice little tidbit. Put that in your hat. Don't forget it. Pride is the enemy of temperance. So when God is saying, you know, when he's calling us to be temperate, he's, he's also saying to us, I made you and I know what makes you tick and I know what's going to make you thrive. And all these created goods and pleasures, they're for you to enjoy, but their enjoyment is fleeting, right? But when you love me and when you love your neighbor, you're actually going to be satisfied. So let's do that instead, right? When it comes to temperance and satisfaction, right, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for satisfaction and we're looking for fulfillment, right? That's what we want. And when we're intemperate, right, when we when we don't act temperately, it's because we're trying to find satisfaction and fulfillment on our own through the pleasures and through the created goods. And Father Benedict Groeschel, he says this, and I, I think he hits the nail on the head so well. He says, Many people are intemperate because they are miserable and suffering. Their life is a big, long misery, so they decide to brighten it up with mountains of potato chips. They're addicted to potato chips or sweets or even beer. Look at your own intemperances and see if unhappiness is causing it. Okay, now I realize that's a bit confrontational, but he means it in the best way possible. And I do realize that, you know, he talks about addiction and intemperance and they're not the same thing. However, when we are intemperate, it is a very quick, a very slippery slope towards addiction. Okay. Not exactly the same thing, but it's going to, if we are, in, you know, addicts become addicts because they were previously intemperate. But outside of that, outside of addiction, um, we're all intemperate at times. We all have, have been intemperate with something at some time. And when we do that, when we're trying to um, use these things that give us pleasure or these created goods in a way that is not balanced, we're doing it because we're trying to find satisfaction through them, right? But every time we do it, we're, you know, it's, it never quite satisfies. So we're always like, okay, just one more try, you know, just, just a little bit more. Let me do this just one more time or, or, oh, I'll just have another helping, you know, and it never quite hits that spot, you know, and that's because our primordial makeup knows that we will only be satisfied by focusing on eternal life and doing good, right? It's in our primordial DNA as men and women created by God 
separate and we're only going to be able to find this and make this something that is very attainable, like easily attainable if we practice and cultivate temperance, right? When we're temperate, then we're automatically going to be able to use our appetites for our eternal life as well as for doing the good, right? Any appetite that we have for satisfaction and fulfillment, we're going to know that that's what we need to chase after. And it becomes easier and easier the more we practice at it. And it is something we have to practice and we have to do for our whole lives. And Father Benedict Groeschel has great advice for being able to do that, for finding that satisfaction and finding happiness and being able to practice temperance in a way that becomes like second nature. He says, slow down, smell the flowers as you go by, and then you won't need too much of this world's goods. Enjoy your work and you won't need too much time off. Enjoy being at home and you won't have to go away so much. Basically, he's telling us to learn how to be present because when we do that, two things happen. First, we acknowledge that God has brought us to a specific place at a specific time for a specific person. And we should probably start looking up and talking to him to find out what it is, you know, why am I here? What What's the purpose? What do you want from me, Lord? How do I um, act within your will at this time, right? The second thing that happened is we learn to look out and around at others, right? We stop navel gazing and we see others and how we can possibly bring the love of Christ to them. And we also open up ourselves to be able to receive the love of Christ from those around us, right? And this sounds an awful lot like holy detachment in practice, right? Last episode, we talked about holy detachment. And here it is again. It's no coincidence. Through holy detachment, remember, we detach from the things of this world, right? So the pleasures and created goods of this world. Again, we're not shunning them. We're not totally kicking them out of our lives. We're not calling them evil but we are detaching from them. We're moderating them. We're regulating our consumption of them so that now we are able to attach to Jesus, right? Holy detachment is all about attaching to Jesus and holy detachment is part of the virtue of temperance, right? The moral here, if you think about it, is be attached to Jesus, right? And when you do that, you're going to find ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment. And you're also going to be able to, through the virtue of temperance, you're going to be able to enjoy the pleasure and the created goods in this world in a balanced way, right? That sounds like a pretty sweet deal. You get ultimate satisfaction and fulfillment through Jesus, and you do still get to moderately enjoy the pleasures and created goods of this world. I mean, like I said, totally sweet deal. But seriously, temperance really, really is a sweet deal. Because when we're temperate, we're going to find peace, right? Being temperate gives us peace because it makes our lives balanced. Or in the words of Goldilocks, it makes everything just right. Everything is perfectly in order, perfectly balanced, right? Not too far left, not too far right, right in the middle, you know? And temperance does not take anything away from us. 
right? It actually gives us more. And I love that about temperance. And it's something we might overlook at first. Temperance doesn't take away anything from us. It gives us more. It gives us more energy, right? When we are living temperately and we have balanced lives when it comes to our work, our leisure, our physical activity, um, the food we consume, the sleep that we get, all of that. Like when we are really trying to be very temperate and very balanced, we're going to have more energy to do those things that we've always wanted to do, right? Those things that are on our bucket list, or we actually now have more energy to get involved, um, even if it's at home with your kids or with your family or outside in some sort of like a ministry or something that God has called you to, or just, you know, reach out with friends and all that, right? You're going to have more energy to do all of these things. You're also going to have more money. Think about it. If you temper how often you eat out or you temper how often you shop, what you're shopping for even, or or better yet, why you're shopping, right? Why are you shopping? Are you shopping and buying something because it's on sale or because it's a good deal, right? That is not a reason to buy things, right? When we learn to live below our means, right? We don't we don't need to have the latest and the greatest. We don't need to have the most luxurious or the most bougie item. You know, every now and then treat yourself. Yeah, sure, that's great. But try to make it a practice to live below your means and buy the base model of something, or if there's, you know, different variations and you want a certain one, buy the one below that. You know what I mean? Live below your means and you will always have extra money that you can give to charity. You can give to your church. You can give to people in need. You can do stuff for other people. You know, you can buy gifts for other people. You know, Um, you could treat other people out to eat or something. You know, you can help someone out if they're having difficulty, you know, paying their bills, right? You can use that money for other people. When you're temperate, you're also going to find that you have more time, right? You have time to do things that are going to make you better. You're going to be able to do things that are also going to improve the lives of those around you, right? Because you're going to be getting involved. You're going to be able to, you know, invest your time with people. And the big one here is you're going to have more time for God. So many people, they want a robust spiritual life, right? They want a relationship with God that is just totally extravagant. I mean, why else are you listening to this podcast, right? That's what you want. When you're temperate, you're going to have more time for that. And speaking about relationships and such, temperance also affords you more quality relationships because you're going to have more time, you're going to have more energy, and you're going to be able to focus and invest in those relationships. And those are just, what, three, four different things that I just came up with off the top of my head. There's so much more that temperance gives us, right? It does not take away from us. When we live temperate lives, we are going to get more out of our life, right? And we're going to be closer to God and to eternity with him, right? Temperance sets us up for future dividends, right? Through temperance, we're going to set ourselves up for future blessings. And even in that moment when you are being temperate, you are experiencing a blessing. And then you're going to have one in the future. I mean, like I said, temperance is a sweet deal. You get so much more when you have a temperate life, which it's kind of like, it's the Catholic conundrum, right? We turn everything on its head. Um, Things that might seem crazy to the world, They actually give us so much more freedom and they give us so much more than people outside of Christianity would ever think. All right, so we've hit 
the 16 minute mark. And I think that's good for today. I have um, some notes here. I'm not going to talk about them here on the show, but I'll include them in the show notes. Things like the daughter virtues of temperance and also um, a little bit about the gift of the Holy Spirit that works with temperance. Also in the show notes, there are links to a bunch of different things to uh, my email list to all the places you can find me on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I would love to know how you are getting on with these virtues in your life, how you're practicing them. So reach out to me anywhere there. Um, And also YouTube. We are growing our YouTube channel. I haven't uploaded a video for a month because I'm still like creating them in the background, but I have a few compiled and I just need to upload them. So there will be some new videos coming up. Yeah, so there's a link down there for that. There's also a link for you to donate to Clumsy Theosis down in the show notes. Um, It'll take you to the Clumsy Theosis donation page, which you can also find clumsytheosis.net and then click the word donate in the menu. We are 100% listener supported. So if you find value in anything that you're learning here on Clumsy Theosis, if you're learning new things, if you're, I'm helping you make connections and put things in practice, or I'm just offering some sort of motivation to you, Whatever it is, if you would like to show your appreciation by way of a donation, head to that donation link and um, you'll learn all about different ways that you can donate. And much appreciated. All right. Until next week. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Clumsy Theosis. I'm so happy that you've been able to hang out. If you want to learn more about Clumsy Theosis, you are more than welcome to visit my website, clumsytheosis.net. From clumsytheosis.net, you will also be able to contact me if you're interested in booking me as a speaker or if you're just feeling generous and you'd like to make a donation. Remember that together we can transform the world by letting the Lord transform us.